Another great weekend in the Sun Belt. Welcome to Locked On Sun Belt. I'm your host, Dave Schultz, afternoon host on Sports Radio 105.5 WNSP in Mobile, former morning show host on 103.7 The Game in Lafayette, Louisiana. Today we'll recap week four and look ahead to week five and maybe a changing of the guard in the Sun Belt West. We still had some crazy finishes uh, this week as well. I'd like to thank LinkedIn Jobs for being the official college football recruiting sponsor across the Locked On College Network. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. Terms and conditions apply. After we recap this weekend's ball games, we'll talk with Cody Junot, the sideline reporter for the uh, Louisiana Raging Cajuns, what happened to Monroe, and again, look ahead towards the big matchup with South Alabama, uh, which again could be the changing of the guard in the Sun Belt West. All right, so quickly going over uh, the ball games from uh, week four. Coastal Carolina on Thursday took care of Georgia State 41-24. Not a very close ball game. Coastal Carolina, I think, jumped out to a 14-0 lead about three minutes into the game. Grayson McCall was, well, Grayson McCall, although he did got banged up towards the end of the ball game, 19-27, 268, two touchdowns, rushed for 38 yards, and a, uh, and a touchdown as well. Georgia State is 0-4. Find me a win. They're at Army. Georgia Southern is a rivalry, so you never know what happens there. But Georgia Southern's 3-1. They're at App State. ODU's at home. At Southern Miss, who just went on the road and beat a tough Tulane team who had beaten Kansas State. They got ULM, who just disposed of the Cajuns. Uh, They're at James Madison, who beat App State. And they're at Marshall, who's beat Notre Dame, but has lost a couple in a row. So, find me a win for Georgia State, because it's it's looking like a long season for the Panthers. Georgia Southern, as I mentioned, 3-1. and one. Uh, They take care of Ball State, 34-23. This game was back and forth. Georgia Southern out 3-0, tied 3-3. Georgia Southern up 6-3, went ahead 13-3. Eight, back comes Ball State, 13-10, 13-13. Georgia Southern up 20-13, tied at 20. Ball State takes a 20-23 lead, but Georgia Southern 27-23 and 34-23. Kyle Van Treese, the hero versus Nebraska, was 26 of 39, 310 yards, two passing touchdowns, one rushing touchdown. James Madison, 29 unanswered points in a 32-28 victory over App State. Chase Bryce with a key second-half interception after JMU scored a touchdown to bring the Dukes within three. Two plays later, JMU scores the go-ahead touchdown. Uh, Looked like it was going to be another... A ridiculous finish as App State had a chance to go down the field, but uh, could not do it, could not take uh, the lead. Old Dominion gets a Sunbelt victory over Arkansas State, another back-and-forth ball game, although Arkansas State may say they let this one get away up 12-0 and 19-7. D.V. Harris, the defensive lineman for ODU with a pick six that turned the game around. Troy, uh, which I said was actually one of the few games I think I picked right, uh, they beat Marshall 16-7. to Troy is a Hail Mary away from being 3-1. and They're pretty good. Uh, their only other loss besides the Hail Mary at App State was to Ole Miss, and they actually covered that ballgame. They lost 28-10. to So Troy is not going to be an easy ballgame. I would, you know, tell the South Alabama Jaguars that'll be a big ballgame in a few weeks. Still got a couple of games before that, but... That don't overlook Troy. I'm sure they. I'm sure they won't. Is that uh, that's the big rivalry? Troy's defense, led by Mobile's Carlton Marshall, he was out against App State. Had 18 tackles. He's trying to become the all-time NCAA leading uh, tackler. Uh, Gunnar Watson was just uh, 15 to 25, but 325 yards. Uh, Troy even turned it over three times to Marshall's once. 
but Marshall was held uh, to just 174 total yards. Southern Miss speeds Tulane 27-24. Crazy ball game. Eric Scott Jr., a pick six for a Southern Miss. Really the difference in the game because these statistics do not make any sense. Tulane outgains Southern Miss 451 to 253. Tulane outrushed Southern Miss 204 to 59 and yet lost. The score was not all that close. Tulane made it a three-point game, but they scored the final touchdown with 19 seconds left. So Southern Miss all of a sudden has won two in a row. And we'll look ahead to next weekend's ball game, uh, next weekend's slate. But good job by Southern Miss to go into Tulane in one of the older rivalries around, although they hadn't played in New Orleans in a while. Southern Miss goes on the road, and Will Hall gets his second straight victory with the Golden Eagles. Monroe comes from behind to, be, uh, to defeat Louisiana 21-17. And again, this is going to be the beginning of uh, the changing of the guard. Not only will it be South Alabama, it may be Troy, it may be ULM, and obviously they're all chasing the Raging Cajuns and have been for a long time. This is the first loss, and you'll hear this uh, with uh, Cody Junot, the first Raging Cajuns lost since they went to divisions in the Western Division. They've never lost a game to a Western Division foe since they went to divisions a few years back. And they lost this one. They were up 17-7. to First time that Louisiana lost to Monroe and Monroe since 2005, which is strange. A couple of huge plays for the Warhawks. Andrew Henry, a 75-yard touchdown run. Tyrone Howell had an 89-yard uh, catch that uh, led to another Warhawks touchdown. Uh, ULM in South Alabama are going to play here in Mobile in a couple of weeks. And South Alabama takes care of La Tech, an odd ball game. Even Carter Bradley, the quarterback who threw three touchdowns, realized it was a little strange. La Tech turned it over five times, and South Alabama could have easily, easily scored 50 points in this ball game, but they just didn't play all that well. They were messing around at 17-7 to at the end of the half. They did get a couple of quick scores to begin the second half to kind of put it away immediately. Uh, But again, they just weren't playing that well. The first three turnovers from La Tech to the Jaguars, they did not score. South Alabama could not take advantage. That changed immediately in the second half. Yam Banks with a pick six uh, to begin the second half. And uh, Yam Banks recovered a fumble on the next possession. And Carter Bradley finds Colin Lacey in the corner of the end zone. Uh, for a touchdown, that made it 31-7, to and the game, for all intents and purposes, was done. Uh, the defense played really well. Uh, apparently, the La Tech tried some things that South Alabama wasn't necessarily prepared for, that they hadn't done in the past. But nonetheless, South Alabama rolls. I guess the point is, they didn't play it as well as they could, and they still rolled 38-14, to setting up this weekend's matchup against the Cajuns. Cajuns, as we mentioned, heading into last week, kind of an uneven year, got by Southeastern, uh, blew out Eastern Michigan, and then got blown out by Rice and now loses to ULM. Who knows what direction the Cajuns are going in? You'd think they would figure it out, but not necessarily. And if the Cajuns are trying to run the football against South Alabama, good luck, because that's going to be a neat trick. That is the one thing that South Alabama defensively uh, is really good at. So we'll see. And, and I think my prediction basically since Sunbelt Media Day, only although we've only been doing lockdown Sunbelt for you know, a week, was we were going to find out how good a quarterback, how good a college quarterback Levi Lewis really was. He was really clutch 
in in winning time, he won. All right, again, they won. They lost one game last year. That was on the road to Texas. They're the defending Sun Belt champions coming off a 13-win season. All right, let's take a timeout. We'll be back with the Raging Cajun sideline reporter for the radio network, Cody Junot. You're listening to Locked On Sun Belt. When we come back on Locked On Sun Belt, we will hear from Cody Junot, the sideline reporter for the Louisiana Raging Cajuns radio network what happened with ulm and looking ahead to this weekend's big matchup against the south alabama jaguars but first these days every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business you want to be a hundred percent certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available that's why you have to check out linkedin jobs linkedin jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free it is so incredibly easy to create a free job post on linkedin jobs Add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you are hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college that's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free terms and conditions apply welcome back to the monday edition of locked on sunbelt uh, we have cody junot the sideline reporter for the louisiana raging cajuns cajuns lose 21 17 to monroe first time oddly enough that monroe has beaten the cajuns in monroe since 2005 uh, Louisiana will be hosting South Alabama in what may or may not be termed uh, the changing of the guard game uh, come this weekend. Cody, thanks very much for hopping on Locked on Sunbelt. What happened with the Cajuns last night? They were up 17-7, to and Monroe ends up winning 21-17. Yeah, Dave, thanks. Thanks for having me. Glad to be here. Yeah, I, last night is just a, you know, uh, mistake after mistake piling up on top of each other, not taking advantage of opportunities to put the game away. Um, and, and really, you know, you go back and you look at the game, it's the inability for Louisiana to run the football and salt that game away and, you know, go up 17, nothing or 17, seven, excuse me, heading into halftime and to get held scoreless, um, you know, in an entire second half, you have a snap uh, that goes over the punter's head that ULM is able to recover inside the 10 yard line and punch in for a touchdown. Louisiana, they get they cause two turnovers. One of those coming on a big peanut punch. Cam Pledesco knocking it out, stopping a, a ULM drive who really didn't drive the football much of the evening. Cajuns go down. They bog down in the red zone. All of a sudden, Louisiana sends the field goal team out and an opportunity to make it 20-7. to seven, And the snap dribbles back behind the, the, the holder. Uh, the holder, Dalen Combray, gets it. Actually just barely overthrows, you know, the tight end who, who had kind of released part of the fire drill. And all of that just describes the monumental missed opportunities, right? Louisiana gives up a 70-something yard touchdown run, an 80-yard pass that sets up a ULM score. And all of a sudden, it's 21-17, and the Cajuns, you know, with less than a minute, ha- have to drive the length of the field and, and weren't able to get it done. So missed opportunities for the Cajuns, which has kind of been the, the theme all year. An offense that looked better at times on Saturday night but couldn't deliver in clutch time. And it all boils down back to the fact that the Cajuns have been unable to, or have not been able to run the football consistently in 2022, which has been a strength of the Louisiana program, you know, dating back prior to Billy Napier. Is that, uh, is that because, you know, guys like Osiris Torrance took off, 
uh, and Montreal uh, Johnson Jr. took off. Uh, the coaches ended up in Gainesville. Is that a, is that a, a, a byproduct of that directly, or is it a, a lack of talent left behind by Napier, which I guess is so, the same thing? Yeah, I mean, again, so I think when you look at what the Cajuns lost on that offensive front, right, uh, you lose Max Mitchell, the starting left tackle, who's now starting for the New York Jets. You do lose Osiris Torrance, who's a first-team All-American, uh, first-team preseason All-SEC, who followed Billy Napier to Florida. You lose a three-year starter in Shane Vallow, right, at, at center. And, and so all of a sudden now that's three pieces right there. Ken Marks, who was a seventh-year senior, uh, a year ago, he now has graduated too, right? So that's four guys along that offensive front. And, you, and, and so the only returning starter is Carlos Rubio, who missed part of a year uh, last season with an injury. And so you insert, you know, guys that haven't played. And, and, and so it's taken time for them to gel. And the fact that you lost that amount of talent, I think has certainly uh, played a large factor in the, in the Cajun's inability to consistently run the football which, you know, if you can't control the line of scrimmage, right? I thought they did a good job of pass protection uh, or pass protecting on Saturday night in Monroe, giving both quarterbacks an opportunity to throw the football uh, way more than not. But the inability to run the football, the inability to control the line of scrimmage, that ultimately makes it really hard to control a football game, which is what we saw last evening. Talking to Cody Judon on the uh, Lockdown Sunbelt podcast, your conference every day. Cody, the sideline a reporter for the Cajuns Radio uh, Network. All right, so this feels like this was inevitable. This is not on new coach Mike Desimo, right? Because like you said, the talent left, uh, not only on the offensive line, uh, but maybe more importantly, Levi Lewis, who I've, I've mentioned on the podcast before, never kind of reached the level of consistency uh, that I was hoping for. But boy, he was clutch. He, we found out, I think, I think what we're finding out this year is how good Levi Lewis was as a college quarterback, especially for the UL Raging Cajuns, because the Cajuns are flip-flopping their quarterback. Yeah, uh, you know, 35-3 and three over a three-year stretch is pretty doggone good, isn't it? <laughs> you know, and, right. and so it's... Uh, oh, and, 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 you know, okay, 35-3 and three total? Uh, you, well, let's fact-check me on that, but yes, pretty darn, darn, pretty darn okay, close. Okay, so that's right? one Mississippi State, yeah, one Texas... And, one like Texas, and then you, uh, you had a coastal Carolina. So maybe there's one extra loss in there. Right. So, yeah, yeah, you know, there, yeah. there you so, go. I mean, that's pretty uh, good that you know, had those losses are, bad, are to right? uh, power five teams. Yeah. Right. It, 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 maybe it's 33 and five, whatever it is. It that's was a hell closer. of a run. It's, it's, it was. It's what it was. Right. Uh, and, and, and so you got that, you got that consistency and, you know, the Cajuns, yes, they have employed a two quarterback system. And at times it felt, it, it felt like there has been, no rhythm to it, right? So let's go back to 2018. Billy Napier gets the job. He arrives on campus. He inherits two quarterbacks, right? He inherits uh, Andre Nunez and Levi Lewis. Levi Lewis uh, had has redshirt burned by the previous coaching staff very late in the season. Uh, and so he's got the eligibility to play. But Coach Napier gets in and says, you know what? I don't know that he's ready or he needs times. But what Billy did and that staff did was they implemented a very regiment system, right? Every fourth series, it was Levi Lewis's turn, okay? And that didn't matter if it was to go and take a knee in victory formation or, you know, if it was to run a two-minute drill, right, with, with the game on the line. That fourth series was, was Levi's turn. And so the Cajuns have done something somewhat similar, although it's every third or fourth or second 
or sixth or fifth or just it's just it's, it's kind of varied from from time to time, you know, between Ben Woolridge and the starter Chandler Fields. And, and I would tell you, Dave, that I would say, you know, game one, Chandler probably plays better. Game two, Ben plays better. Game three at Rice, neither one of them play particularly well at all. I mean, the Cajuns only ran 43 offensive snaps. And then I would tell you, you know, on Saturday evening what the Cajuns did, I thought they did a great job of starting fast, easy completions for Chandler to get moving. The Cajuns go down, they score a touchdown on that, that opening drive. Seems like there's a rhythm going. Third, The third series comes. Uh, ben gets his turn. I don't, you know, things were going really well, but I don't, I didn't mind the switch kind of because that's just had been what it is. But then from there on out, it just, it, it didn't seem to kind of have a, a rhyme or a reason to it, right? As far as when they, when they kind of play the quarterbacks. And so the Cajuns have implemented that, you know, it's a long-winded way of saying, yes, there is a difference without Levi Lewis. And I think most Cajun fans, if you would have talked to them, right, to your point about the, the somewhat inconsistencies, probably would have thought the Cajuns would have been, dare I say, improved, right, at the quarterback position. Um, and, and so, look, I think that the quarterbacks have have certainly had their fair share of, of throws they would want back, missed opportunities. But this the Cajun unit as a whole, especially offensively, they've all got numbers of, of chances and opportunities that they want back, plays that have to be made if the Cajuns want to continue to win and meet the standards. And I think that's very important, meet the standards that have now been established for the program, right? And so I think that's why it seems like the walls are melting here in Cajun country after two consecutive losses um, because of, of, of the standard that's that's been met or, or that's been set that hasn't been met, right? Whether you talk about a slightly underthrown ball last night, that ends up being dropped that all of a sudden could get, could set up the Cajuns, you know, for a potential touchdown to go up 24 to, to seven and, 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 you know, theoretically maybe close the game out. Right. Just missed opportunity after missed opportunity combined with a lack to run uh, inability to run the football consistently. I mean, I think that's why the Cajun offense is, is struggling. We're talking with Tony Judot, sideline reporter for the Cajuns radio network uh, on lockdown Sunbelt. All right. So we, you know, the, the Cajuns wouldn't be the only one having a difficult time replacing a quarterback. Miami Hurricanes seem to be having uh, that case, not to mention the Miami Dolphins, although now Tua seems to be playing pretty well. Uh, but they had the same issues when they tried to replace uh, Terrence Broadway. They kind of were no man's land until, like you said, Nunez and Levi got there. So now they're going to have to try and do it again. So now let's look ahead because South Alabama uh, looks like they are the team to beat uh, in uh, the Sunbelt Western Conference. They are a Botched a fake field goal away from being undefeated. Uh, they have a one-point loss to UCLA. Uh, they're averaging almost 39 points a game. They play outstanding defense. They turned LaTeX over five times on Saturday, including four straight possessions. Uh, how? What does it look like from the Cajuns' point of view with South Alabama coming in? Shockingly, uh, you know, the early line had South Alabama a five-point favorite heading to Lafayette. That is something unheard of uh, on either side, I would think. Uh, but what, what, did, what is the concern for the, uh, for the Cajuns as the uh, well-balanced South Alabama Jaguars head to Cajun field on Saturday? Yeah. I mean, again, everything that we just talked about, Dave, I think continue will, will be the Cajuns issues, right? The inability to run the football, the inability to play consistent 
offensively and even defensively, right? We talked about earlier a pair of really two plays in that contest that set up the ULM offense, a 70-something yard touchdown run, an 80-yard touchdown pass that, that sets up an eventual uh, score and, and you know, two big, big plays, two big busts. Outside of that, the defense plays well. The Cajuns have continued to take, take, in, take the football away. Excuse me, two turnovers last night. The game ended up even as the Cajuns gave it away, uh, lost their third fumble for just – or lost the fumble for, I think, the third time in, in four or five seasons. It's just been incredible how those running backs have protected the football um, so, you know, I look at this matchup much more about what can the Cajuns do? Can they find a way to establish the run? You know, a year ago in a game that came down to the wire and, and ultimately a South Alabama missed field goal, right, from 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 South Al beating uh, Louisiana in, in Mobile. And, and, and by the way, these close games that the Cajuns are playing are nothing new, right? That's been uh, what the Cajuns have done for the last three or four years. The difference in 2022 versus – you know, in the past is that the Cajuns haven't found a way to win these games, right? Um, but, you know, the Cajuns were struggling to run the ball a season ago heading into Mobile. And and I'll be honest with you, it was, you know, early in that week, right, there were press clippings that were coming out of Mobile and and probably WNSP with, with um, you know, South Alabama saying, hey, we're not worried about that run game. We're not worried about that at all. And then the Cajuns came out and they looked very different, on that opening drive, if you'll recall, right? Levi Lewis, despite his ability to really run the football, didn't do it a whole lot. Well, that opening drive, that Cajun team looked really, 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 um, I'm going to say possessed, right? They were going to run the football. They were going to prove a point. They didn't. They go down and score a touchdown, and, and the rest of the game played out the way it did, and South Al made their adjustments, and, and Levi didn't have a great night throwing the football. Uh, but for me, is that is there something that the Cajuns can dive into deep down within themselves and challenge themselves and say, hey, look, we've lost two in a row. It's us against the world, right? That's, I think, the mentality that the Cajuns are going to have to take into this contest because you're right. Everybody within the league, everybody within the country is going to be looking at this and saying, hey, South Alabama, you know, I think everybody since Kane Womack was hired, right, uh, now in his second season has really looked at and seen what's going on in Mobile, and said, hey, they're they're in the process of building something, right? That's one of the jobs in Mobile, in Texas State, that a lot of people are really excited about as the ability to build things just because of facilities, uh, location, recruiting, all that good stuff. And so I think there's a lot of excitement happening in Mobile right now. And so I think if you're the Cajuns, you got to say, hey, it's an us against the world mentality. Can we come out and shock somebody, right? Because everybody's counting us out. And so for that to happen, the Cajuns are going to have to find a way to establish the run. Again, that's going to be the constant theme for me for the rest of the season. Establish the run, find quality offensive line play in that run game, and then hit and connect on plays that should be made, right? Make the plays that have to be made, which is something we've seen the Cajuns do inconsistently this season. A couple more minutes with Cody Judat, sideline reporter for the Cajuns Radio Network. All right, so now it's not only South Alabama. But it is Troy. Troy is a Hail Mary away from being two and uh, three and one. And they held up against Ole Miss pretty good. They covered that spread. Uh, so Troy is on the up and coming uh, as well. Does it feel like it's slipping away from the Cajuns being so dominant for the better part of, of a decade in, in the West? Right. This all started, as you mentioned, with with Mark Hudspeth going, you know, they'd never won nine ball games and they win nine four straight years. Uh, they never won a Sun Belt championship until last year with Billy Napier, the, culminate, uh, the climax of his uh, 
of his hard work. Uh, does it feel like it's slipping away that the other teams are catching up? Because Kane Womack's got no issue saying it. The Cajuns are the standard bearer, and we're trying to catch them. And they're coming into to Lafayette to prove a point that's saying we're, we're up next. We're next up. Well, what I think you're seeing is to your point, right? You're looking at four straight years, right? Saturday night was the first time since the vision play has been implemented that the Cajuns lost a Western Division game. Think about that, right? Saturday night is the first time since the vision play has been implemented that the Cajuns lost a Western Division game. And so, yeah, there's no doubt. And, and, and let's be honest, I think the rest of the teams in the West smell, you know, they see the blood in the water and they smell it, right? And the sharks are circling. And, and But that was going to happen whether Billy Napier was the coach or not, right? Like the Cajuns were going to have the target on their back. That's where everybody's going for. It's the same thing when Troy wins – when Troy rattles off, you know, four or five straight Sunbelt Conference championships uh, in the early 2000s, right? It's the same thing when App rattles off their four straight. Everybody's gunning for that program. And so is the torch being passed? Well, I don't know. It might happen this year, right? Somebody else might win the West uh, based off of the, the way things have started out. Again, we're only four games into this, but, you know, if we're sitting here looking at how teams have played through the first four games of the season, you, you would certainly say – well, there's probably a good chance that maybe somebody else can take that that torch. But, okay, can you do it consistently, right? Can you do it year over year over year? So, you know, we'll see if, if, if the quote-unquote torch is, is passed, but I'm not quite ready to go there yet. We'll see what the Cajuns are able to do the rest of the season. Again, can they get back off the mat, right? I think this is the first time that in, in four years that they've been punched in the face, and now it's happened in consecutive weeks I'm very interested to see how they respond to this. Um, and, and look, again, it's, yes, everybody's going to be gunning for the Cajuns. They were picked to win the West. Again, and, and so it's it's not – it shouldn't be anybody surprised that they're going to get everybody's best shot, right, on uh, everybody looking to prove a point. Um, and, and, you know, if the Cajuns are to lose another game, right, everybody taking that social media victory lap like ULM is doing right now. Um, it, it's going to happen week after week after week because to your point of the success and the standards that has been set within the Louisiana program, uh, long-term, we'll see what that looks like. But, you know, this year, I, I don't know. I don't know that anybody winning the West in 2022 outside of Louisiana means that the torch has been passed, if that makes sense. Uh, he is Cody Junot. He is the sideline reporter for the Cajuns Radio Network. We will see you Saturday in Cajun Field, my friend. Thanks very much for hopping on Locked on Sunbelt. Absolutely, buddy. Looking forward to saying hello. Okay, thanks very much for tuning in to Lockdown Sunbelt on Monday. We'll continue to uh, recap the week and still look ahead towards uh, next week. I know that I got a little bit of a blind spot for the East. I need to do a little bit better of job. We'll get some uh, guests on from the uh, Eastern Division to say what's going on uh, over there. Uh, but for sure, we will be all over the South Alabama uh, Cajuns matchup because that's the big one in the West uh, this week. All right, we will be back tomorrow for another edition of Lockdown Sunbelt, your conference every day.